My name is Stefan uh, de Klerk. I am from Namibia. I'm turning 24 this year. I'm studying theology. I started studying theology back in 2015. I came out gay later that year, told my friends and my parents later um, during the end of that year. So that ended up me, I would say that that made, kind of formed my book's name, being a um, Afrikaner, being a, a son of a farmer, uh, studying theology and being gay. I grew up in Namibia in a small town named Marintal and grew up on the farm. Uh, I have an older brother that is 27 this year. We both went in Marintal to school in primary school. Um, we both finished our primary school there, but when we went to high school, we came to Paul in, in South Africa, Bonnet Landberg Cultural High School. Sexuality has been a part of my life for all the, all the years. During primary school, it was something that you don't have the language. You do not have the language to either say something to yourself or to say it to someone else or to think even about it. You don't have that capacity, so you just kind of feel it, but you don't do anything else with it. So it's a weird space to be in. You also know that or it's also that thing that nobody must ever know of. It's that thing that nobody should ever be allowed to, to find out about you. Being in Namibia, in a small town, I don't think there weren't any out gay people there. And also being in a conservative area and a conservative family, I would say even, um, you don't, they don't have friends that's gay, even in another town, even in Cape Town. My grand lives here, so we came to visit her. So they don't have, so you don't have that interaction. So at primary school, at least, um, never thought about it. And whenever the thought came up, the first thing is it's, it's sin. Um, it's bad. It's... It's not part of, supposed to be part of who you are, um, and you need to get it away. Family dynamics is an interesting thing. My grandfather was a pastor, so my dad was quite sensitive about um, how he deals and how he handles children and his children. I remember in church, he would, at a young age, he would um, allow us to have communion with the rest of the congregation, and that was something that was kind of odd. My mom... She didn't work during our being brought up years. She was at home. I grew up in a, in a household where the fam dad and mom was very present. One funny thing, and I don't know if it's appropriate, but it was a very intimate family. My mom would be in the bath, I will be in the shower, my brother's on the toilet, and my bad dad will be busy shaving. It's something that we grew up with, being very, very close to each other. So I have a very open relationship with my parents, even now. I remember once my dad said that he... For him, he, would, he didn't know what he would do if his son brought home another man. And that was during primary school um, that he said that. Also, you pick up a lot of the dynamics when we watch a TV show and there's one scene where there's um, homosexuality explained or um, shown, then um, nobody says anything or the channel gets shifted. So as a child, you pick up on that. It's not necessarily said to you, but you do pick up on it. So I think that that influ influenced me to stay in the closet for, I would say, longer than I, th than I was sure about um, there's something at that stage wrong with me. I remember once I had this feeling um, that something is in me and whatever, and it was on, my, in, on the computer in our home, and I searched for naked men on Google, 
um, to see what it looks like and to see if how because it's something that you don't get to talk about it and <laughs> it went on the the register that says what site you visit it or whatever and I saw it's there but I can't get it off I remember my, my dad at that stage um, farming with maize and wheat is very calm you don't you have about two months each year that you work very hardly otherwise it's just running the motion so my dad would have an afternoon nap every afternoon my mom as well so they were napping when this happened so I had about half an hour to fix this before they wake up um, and I couldn't get it fixed <laughs> so um, when my dad woke up I know that every night before he goes to bed he goes to the, to the computer to either pay some stuff or to look at what he shares or whatever I don't know but he goes sits there so I must fix this before then. So I got into the car with him, and I said to him that I have this really bad thing that happened. I, I told him, and I said, you, you may never tell my mom. And he said that I must not worry. Um, it's very much a normal thing to do, um, even the homosexual side of being normal, not, not just the watching of naked people, pornography or whatever. It's, it's a normal thing for a child that when you grow up, you have tendencies to try to... Um, understand the feelings that you have um, and then he asked me if I would like to go see someone um, and I said no it's, it's not a problem like it's, it's like a one one shot once off thing it's nothing he said am I sure and I said yes and then I remember that evening before I before he went to bed he came by in my room and he said he got it off I don't have to worry it's away it's gone so so I went to high school to Paul and it was a great experience and whenever I, t whenever I tell that and I say the next words that it is an all boys school living in a res the, the minds go to a certain place but it wasn't that <laughs> nothing ever there was nothing about that the, the, the greatest part for me of going to an agricultural school an all boys school in a res is the fact that I, I think my personality was, was formed being between uh, 330 um, men 24-7 uh, we go to school together we eat together we play rugby together, we gym together, and then every now and then a girlfriend leaves a boy and then it's a big thing, and then we even cry together. Um, and at, in my first year there, uh, we were eight in a room, so you get very, very close to a lot of people. Um, it's, the, it's the most beautiful experience for me at that stage. I needed that in my life. Um, also, the great thing about uh, when, I, when I went there, um, I shifted my sexuality away. I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to deal with it. It wasn't part of me um, because I'm here. And I was very busy. Being in high school and being in all-boys school, it was the rugby thing and we need to get that going. And in grade 12, eventually I got voted in as head, head boy for the school. I think that put a lot of into my personal, the way I think about myself, my personal self-worth. Um, that put a lot of it back. Going through the motions of growing up and having this thing that you may tell no one ever um, you kind of believe that there is something wrong because no one ever talks about it no one ever comes out with the story so there is something definitely wrong with you um, so that takes on your self-esteem it takes away your, the way you think about yourself so that part of school um, put a lot of that back it, it literally it formed me to, to a person that would believe that I do have worth and that I do have something to show and something to, to present I only came out to myself um, being homosexual at the age of 22 and 
before that, I know I have known that there was something something odd, um, and as I said, on that at that stage, something wrong. So, all my life, when I came out, I told my dad first. Um, I think the trust in how he would handle me um, was a bit more uh, because we we engaged on difficult topics throughout my my growing up years. Um, me and my mom really spoke about very difficult topics, so um, I had a little bit something to go on that whenever I come out with this difficult topic, um, we might be able to have a conversation. So I was quite afraid that from both of their sides that um, they might they might tell me that it's not who they want, it's not what they want, um, and knowing my parents, I would no longer want to be there anymore. Um, because I don't want to hurt them anymore that then they would might be hurt when I tell them that. So I don't think that I was ever afraid that they might push me away or say that I'm not allowed to come home. But I was afraid that they might not like this part of me for the rest of my life. Um, and if I had this, I, I do know that it's not only a, a phase, it's not only something that will pass. I've tried it to pass for quite some years now. I was more afraid to come out to my mom. Because even at that stage still, I thought that I was um, wrong and that I was sinful and that it's something that should, that should stop. During the middle of that year, towards September, I decided that I need to, I need to grapple with this. Because before that, I, I had girlfriends. When it became real, when it became a reality that this is not, I'm, I'm not only going to be able to hold your hand, um, I'm going to have to kiss you someplace. I opt out. And I tried again. The last girl that I had, um, I went out with her, and it's the most awesome person ever. But when it got to the stage where it was, we've been dating now for two months, so I can't just hold your hand. I need to kiss you somewhere. Um, I told her the classic line that it's me, it's not you. And I think that might be the only place ever where that's really, <laughs> really what it was. It's me, it's not you. That was my last, my last try. And I realized after that that there's something much more going on here than, than just, just me being difficult or me not being able to leave that part of me. So YouTube is a student's friend. So I YouTubed how to come out. Um, and I got to a, got to a video from a girl that made a video where she sings a song. It's called The Coming Out Song. So sit yourself down, get yourself prepared. And if this is hard to hear, then you should hit replay. Because I can guarantee it's harder for them to say. Whoever sent you this told me to say hello. Give you a hug and kiss and also wanted you to know they're gay. And today is the day that funky song where the girl basically the video is written or the um, song is written that if someone sends you this link he wants to tell you that he's gay but it's an all funky thing going around so um, I saw that and after that she made another video, a video upon how to come out and she said um, that how she did it is she undressed herself fully and she stood in front of the mirror and she said to herself that you're gay and you're okay so I tried it um, in my flat I was up in my room all naked in front of my mirror trying to tell myself that you're gay and you're okay for two nights it didn't work I stood there for like at least 20 minutes and 
I can't get that out of my mouth. I stand there like an idiot looking for myself, but I can't get that out. And the third night, I shouted it, and I just went and landed in the bed. I slept, and the next morning was quite an awkward awakening, knowing that you just admitted something to yourself last night that probably going to change your whole life, um, and it just happened. It's done. You admitted it. Now it's an open road ahead of you. So I told my friends first, the two guys that study with me theology, um, I told them first. Um, it, was, it was a very welcoming, welcoming discussion that we had, and they were uh, very happy that now we have a gay person that can also help us in the language where we lack. Knowing my parents and knowing how intimate we are, knowing where we come from, I know that I cannot just phone them. Um, I cannot, I, it would never work if I just wrote them a letter and left them with it. I must be there. So either I must tell them face to face or I must write the letter and I must read it to them being in that space. And that's a personal thing. Um, that's because I know my parents. Friends ask me how to come out and it's not something that I can tell you how to come out. It's, it's how that I know my parents. I know my context. I know how this will work. So I wrote them a letter. Well, actually, I wrote about 50 of them. Only the last one. That, the last one, I didn't think it was complete. I just think, you know, it must get done now because I need to study for Old Testament <laughs> that I'm writing the next morning. So after the exam, my grandma lives in, lives in Strand and she drove with me back home. Um, to visit for the December holidays. I took the letter and I, I put it in her side of the car because I knew if it's close to me, I'm going to thrumble it up. I'm going to tear it up, <laughs> definitely. Driving home <laughs> that length with this thing that I know I'm going to tell something to my parents now that's going to change all four of our lives is something that numerous times wanted to turn around. <laughs> don't head back to Cape Town. Luckily, Gran was with. She wouldn't allow that. So it was a very emotional-filled drive home. I think about a day or two passed, and my dad, usually when my dad say, we need to take a drive around the maize fields, I know there's something coming. There's something that needs to be discussed. So he said, one afternoon, he said, well, let's go take a drive. And I got in the car, and we took a drive. It was in 2015 where the church made that decision upon homosexuality, and he wanted to know how does the professors feel about this? And all of them being um, very pro and very happy about the fact that we're reaching a more equal space, he didn't have any specific stance on it. He just wanted to know what the um, professors wanted to say, had to say about it. So I kind of felt that that is the pretty, pretty as close as a good time is going to get. <laughs> the church made, gave this space to me now. They created this space, so come on. If, if it's not God, then I don't know anything. So I said, I want to read you something. And I read it to him. I opened it and I started reading. It was quite a difficult space. I'm sitting with the ability in my hands to change your lives forever. And what if I change it for the worse? What if you get kicked out of a church? Um, what if your friends doesn't want to be friends with you anymore because you've got a gay son? I'm, I'm in action. I'm changing your life it's about my life I get that but I have an influence on yours so that was the biggest thing um, I read it to him and he started crying at the point that he couldn't get much worse out me sitting there 
having this, I'm going to change, I've, I've changed your life now and you're crying. It means you must not be very happy about what happened. And when finally he got his, he got his words, he said, um, the only reason he's crying is he doesn't believe that his son deserves the life that he's going to get. Um, that, that, that the people are going, what the things people are going to say about him, what the things people are going to do to him, his son doesn't deserve that. His sons deserve a lot more. So about a week passed, and I, um, my dad said that I need to tell my mom. Um, I need to also tell her the story and tell her about it. So I took it. She asked me to go to town with her. Um, and when we drove back, I decided, well, if, we get, and if I'm going to get home, my dad's going to ask me, have I spoken to her? And I haven't. So now I've got 25 kilometers to do this. Um, and I read it to her, and she didn't take it that well um, at the beginning. She struggled. Eventually, I told my brother as well. A week later, I said to him, I want to read him something. So I read him the letter. And then he said, you know what? Um, whoever does not like you, I also don't want them in my life. So it's me and you, and that's it. It created the difficult dynamics for the, in that stage in our, in our home, knowing that my dad is okay, knowing my brother is okay, but my mom not, not yet. So it was difficult. It was difficult talking and being in conversation. But we got through it. When I went back home again in June, everything was fine. My mom said that she understands now that she does not have the lingo to talk about this, um, but she would like to listen and that she would like to understand a bit more. So I had a lot of theological arguments about the six Bible verses that said that says God... I almost said God hates facts that say God does not like homosexual homosexual people send them a lot of stuff so eventually we got to a place where even the conversation wasn't that difficult anymore my dad <laughs> he turned out to I think kind of want to be a, a activist um, he sent me a voice note once where he said that if he could get money for having a conversation for, uh, with people about homosexuality, homosexuality, he would leave farming right now. Uh, it was it was very beautiful. He also printed my letter that I gave them, and they print eight of them, and he handed it out to his friends, telling to them, read it. If you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. You can come have a beer or come by for, come by for a braai. I think five of that friends came back, and he said, not it's not really the homosexuality that struck them. It's the amount of love that they can see there is in this letter, the amount of love and the amount of, I still want to be a part of this family, I want to be within your family, that struck them. Um, the homosexuality is one thing that we can talk about when there's nothing else to talk about <laughs> anymore, but beautiful stuff for them, and I think too cried as well. But they say they, they wish they could have that intimate relationship with their son and their daughter. It was during 2016... Uh, just after that June vacation that I went home and everything was pretty pretty good and pretty, we were all in a good space, uh, my dad sent me a poem that he wrote. And later on, I realized that the stuff that he says in the beginning of the poem is kind of referenced to when I was born. Um, I struggled to get oxygen, so they had to rush me to Ventuk, that's 250 kilometers away. So it, it's something that he went through as well. So you can see, I, I, I can hear a lot of 
his emotions with me as son being a small baby. So yeah, I just want to read to you this letter. It's in Afrikaans. Wie sê jy, Jack, is hy, Stefan, en jy, Jack? Wow, dis lewe. Kan nie wees nie. Hy kry nie asem nie. Help! Sy sierstof is fatal, man. Hy sal vech, so dog ek. Nee, God het plan met hom, hy moet bly leef. Hy weet altyd, vertrouw hom net. Nog net God weet. Hy wil hee, jy moet bly leef, want nog net hy weet. Dis voorwaarde godelike pad wat beslis nie so voel nie. Hy weet altyd, vertrouw hom net. Die vraag oor die God en hoe hy te werk gaan op ouderdomme van 9 en 10 jaar was beslis ook goddelik. Die trane van vrees wees ek van alleenwees, van verwerping, van een warboel van totaal ongekende emoties wat elk vech om sy plek vir herkenning te kan kry. Wie is ek? Hy weet altyd, vertrouw hom net. Nee, ek geloof ook nie meer dit nie. Hy weet niks. Hou op. Hou op met alles. Alles bou net op en op en ek kan nie meer nie. Nee, hou op. Sê God, kom werk vir my. Hoeveel keer moet ek het nog vir jou sê? Hy weet altyd, vertrouw hom net. Ek en God weet eindelijk al baie lang al, dit is hoe dit bedoel was om te wees. Ons sal geen ander pad saamloop nie. Dit is jy vir my. En ek, wie is ek? Ek het self lang getwyfel, maar die godelike situasie waarin ek my nou bevind, het my as te ware gereinig, nie net my oe en my hart nie, maar ook my verstand en dis my mens wees. Ek sal God ewig dankbaar wees vir sien soos jy. Was dit nie vir en wat jy is nie, sou ek dalk nooit uit die koekon van gevangeningskap kon ontvlug nie. En nou vlieg ek vry, saam met jou. Soos een skoenlapper na die transformatie en sien ek alles baie meer helderder van waarof ek nou zweef. Wat? Ja, jy het my recht gehoor. My huis het verander. Jou ma, jou broer, ja ons amal. Hoekom? want God het, jy, het ons op een baie speciale wijze dier jou kom aanraak. Halleluja. Maar hierdie is bitter ver van die einde af. Maar dis maar nog net die begin van nog en nog baie, baie mense gaan verander. Hy weet altyd, vertrou hom net. My sien, ek het nog nooit so uitgesien, denk ek, na iets so groot soos hierdie pad nie. Hierdie is vir my soos tsunami, sonder einde, en ek kan nie anders as om skoner te word, soos dit oor my spoel nie. Dis vir my eer om saam met die tsunami te spoel en woorde kan nie eers beskryf nie. Hy weet altyd vertrouw hom net. En dit is ek, een koningskindse pa, wat te voorrecht. He um, mailed me this letter after that June vacation and I must say, if that's not healing, I, I don't know what is healing. After going through my story um, and revisiting a lot of emotions and a lot of feelings, um, I know and I feel that I have to celebrate equality. Equality between sexes and equality between sexuality. We are all human. We all have our own paths that we walk from time to time, wherever we go. And we are all here and we have to work together. We have to get to a place where we can talk. We can talk about difficult stuff. I am Stefan de Klerk. 
I am a Namibian studying in South Africa. Um, I'm 23 years of age, turning 24 this year, and I'm gay, and I'm going to I'm, want to go into the church, into ministry.